imagine with me let's say bill gates has scheduled a, a one month trip to india uh, to see the damage uh, that covid 19 has caused and and to generally invest in our healthcare system and make it better to to really handle what's happening here in india now due to safety concerns uh, they have decided to not put him up in a hotel um, uh, because all the hotels are shut but they have taken a call to have him stay at your home for a month what would your response be my wife and i we stay in a 1 bhk in in mumbai and even if our friend one of our friends is visiting forget staying we go on overdrive and ensure our place looks clean and presentable um and and we do whatever uh, we can to make sure that it's a great experience for this person now now imagine the guest being bill gates and him not just visiting but staying with us for a month i mean our first question would be our house like seriously out of all the houses i can't host him uh there there's no place at all uh, uh, is he going to eat our food uh, is he going to breathe our air this polluted mumbai air i mean no no way he can stay here and i'm i'm pretty sure that could that would be your reaction as well now the christian faith makes this really powerful claim that once we believe in jesus god himself comes to dwell and make his home in our hearts god himself comes to dwell and make his home in our hearts what does this mean what does this mean for god himself to come and dwell in our hearts the passage we're looking at explores what it means for us and my prayer is that through this talk we will experience the very god who promised this dwelling in our hearts we are actually going to be looking at a prayer uh, that paul a follower of jesus wrote to a church in a place called ephesus um and and this prayer is part of a letter which he wrote to this church and he writes this letter from a prison now ephesus uh, uh modern day turkey was the trade capital of the roman empire it was a port city and it was known for uh, for being the confluence of multiple cultures multiple ideas and multiple faiths apart from being the trade capital of the roman empire ephesus was also known as the guardian of the temple of a greek goddess known as artemis now this temple was also a tourist site it was so big that, that as soon as you arrive at the port you could see this temple to these fairly new followers of jesus um paul is praying they're probably wondering uh where is our god where does our god dwell where do we go to worship paul is writing this to them and and he's praying that the god of the bible who is omnipresent makes his dwelling in their hearts let's read through this i'm reading from ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19 He says for this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name I pray that out of his glorious riches 
he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god so very very powerful prayer so let me to just pray before we start jesus even as we look at this prayer that paul makes we want to make this our prayer and even as we make this our prayer would you make this prayer relevant to our hearts show us what it means for you to have uh make your home in our hearts and for you to dwell in our hearts for those of us who are not yet followers of jesus how is this relevant for them you can speak to anyone would you speak to each of us listening this morning in your name we pray jesus amen amen um this is how the framework of the talk is going to look the first thing we're going to be looking at the purpose of the letter the purpose christ dwelling in our hearts the second thing we're going to be looking at the problem why don't we experience it and the third thing that we're going to be looking at is the provision for us to experience it the purpose christ dwelling in our hearts the problem why would why don't we experience it the provision for us to experience it these are the three things let's dive straight in the purpose christ dwelling in our hearts he says in verse 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now in this prayer Paul is praying that Christ may dwell. He doesn't say Christ may come and visit you. He doesn't say Christ will come and and be a long stay guest for a season when you are struggling and will help you and then go on his way. He says Christ may dwell in your hearts. the generation is becoming lesser aware of this word dwell we hardly dwell in places anymore we are moving houses faster than ever a renting lease in mumbai is for 11 months in my lifetime of 27 years i've lived in eight homes in two cities the longest i've ever stayed in a home is probably 3 years and i'm sure many of us have moved either more or or equal or less uh, than me but we moved fair bit the concept of ancestral homes and staying there growing up there and then eventually passing away from there is 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 not a common thing anymore now as now as mumbai curse we probably don't understand this even more than the rest a 20 to 12 hours of the day we spend at our workplaces then we come to our home for a couple of hours and then again go back but the last 100 days have probably given us a sense of what it means to dwell in just one place we have been in our homes our work from our homes exercised and worked out in our homes probably did date nights in our homes we hung out virtually in our homes we did shopping online through our homes in our homes in short we haven't moved much 
from our homes. This is dwelling. Now Paul is praying that Christ dwells in the hearts of the Ephesians. He's praying that because he knows that this is God's will and this is his promise. Because Jesus himself says in, in, in John chapter 14 verses 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you might have grown up listening to this verse. I mean, uh, and we know that Christ lives in our hearts. But do we really live and experience this to be true? Now, imagine this with me. Um, I'm sure all of us have had a different experience of staying at home over the past 100 days compared to before. We have paid close attention to parts of our home that we've, we've, we've probably never noticed. Um, I mean, I've noticed that at about six o'clock when the sun sets uh, and I'm doing dishes, it's the perfect angle for the sunset to hit my face, even as I'm doing the dishes in my kitchen. Uh, I've, I've, I've paid attention to certain nooks and corners, which I've never paid attention to before. That is one thing we've also learned to, uh, to see that uh, our loved ones aren't always that great as we want them to be. Uh, we, we've learned to see them in all their flaws. And, and in the process, we have also grown in our own awareness of how messed up and sinful we are. Sure, we've had our, our times of joy, our times of rest and, and just having fun. But we've also had times of screaming, shouting, sulking, sadness, hurt. And we have no way of escaping it because we are locked down. My wife and I have had several such moments of hurt where all we wanted to do was just go out uh, and, and get a breather and get escape. But we are here at home, lockdown. Now imagine this with me. God being in the midst of all of this, dwelling along with us, among us, and not going anywhere. The omnipresent God willingly dwells in the mess of our hearts to love us to transformation. The omnipresent God willingly dwells in the mess of our hearts to love us to transformation. Let that sink in for a while. He's, he's willingly not going anywhere even though he's omnipresent because he made a promise and Jesus sealed it. Now, if, if this is true, let's look at the problem. Why don't we experience it? Why don't I experience it? The two reasons I want to present us. The first thing is again in verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We're going to be looking at through faith. Paul is establishing this biblical concept that our, our entire faith, our entire walk with God is a result of faith and faith alone. It's, 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 uh, theologians would call it sola fide. Now, he says in, in, in chapter uh, 2, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. He's established that we have been saved through faith. Now, in this chapter, in this verse, he's saying, 
Christ may dwell in your hearts also through faith. Now, let me break faith down for us if, if, if this is your first time. It, it simply means believing that Christ chose to save me, not based on any of my good deeds, but out of his sheer delight and pleasure, based on who he is and what he's done for me. He took all my sin and shame. His innocent life was sacrificed for me. And since justice is served, now I am saved. This is through faith, not based on anything that I do. I cannot earn this. Now, the reason why we don't experience Christ dwelling in our hearts, one of the reasons is probably because we believe that Jesus came to our hearts and shows us because of something in us and because of something we did. I mean, he knew that I would be a great asset to him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not worse uh, than, uh, than the average population. Uh, I'm, I'm a good citizen. I, 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 I am a law-abiding uh, a citizen. Uh, I, I'm definitely better than the average. And, and there's some reason in me that he's picked me up. Now, now, here's the problem of believing in that. Since we believe that God has entered our hearts based on something we did, we might tend to also extend that into believing. If I don't do these things right, and if I'm not enjoying, if I'm not praying every day, if I'm not reading my Bible every day, uh, and if I'm not enjoying community, uh, I, I, I feel that God has left my heart. I feel I don't feel his presence at all while I'm at my worst. If Christ didn't come into our hearts based on something we did, he's not going to leave based on something we do. If Christ didn't come into our hearts based on something we did, he's not going to leave based on something we do. Yes, we grow in our experience of him dwelling in us by participating in his work. But we don't make that dwelling happen by our good deeds. Now let's ask ourselves, what do we believe that we are doing that is making Christ stay in us? That is making Christ pleased with us? Is it, is it that we're attending, if you're from Musli, is it that we're attending these daily calls, CBR? I mean, we're doing our due share every day morning. We're waking up, uh, signing on to that uh, Zoom call and sharing. Is it, is it because of that Christ is dwelling in us? What are we doing uh, in our opinion, in our minds, functionally, what are we believing in that is making us feel that Christ is staying and dwelling in me because of this? Let me flip that. What do we think we are doing that is making Christ actually stay away from us? What do you think we're doing that is making us feel that we are not experiencing Christ staying in us? The call this morning is to repent of that. Come to the cross and say, Jesus, come and live in me because you, because you are good, because you are perfect and you have paid the price. 
my good deeds are nothing. This is Christ's love for us. Him dwelling in us based on what he did and him paying the price for it with his own life. Now this love can be experienced only through community. This is the second sub point. The first thing is through faith. The second thing is only through community. He says in verse 17, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. One of the major ways we enjoy and grasp God's love in community is through uncovering of our own sinfulness and our neighbor's sinfulness. Let's, let's unpack this. We see the width of his love when we see different kinds of people. People are very different from us, different races, different creed, different, uh, different state, different nationality. And how wide, how the wide love of God covers everyone in his love. The second thing is we see the length of God's love when we see it's not just us. It's generations before us. And if you and if you're the first person in your family who's put faith, it will be generations after you uh, when they put their faith that that God, uh, God has God's love has covered. His love started from before time began it from eternity to eternity. We see the height of God's love in community when we remind each other of what Jesus did for us. He's, he's, he's made us uh, sit with him in heavenly places already. He's lifted us up. We see the depth of God's love again in community when, when we see how flawed and broken people are and say, can it get worse than this? When we see our own sin, when we hurt others and say, oh gosh, it can't get worse than this. When we hit those moments, it is then we see that Jesus humbled himself to die for even that sin of yours and mine. One of the reasons why we don't wish to grow in community, this is true of me, is because it reveals our ugliness to others and not just that, to our own selves. We see our sinfulness and our hearts are too weak to face that. What if they get to know this about me? I'm okay maintaining my distance. Now, this is not just a call for those of us who have not been enjoying these daily calls. This is more than that. No one, including me or any pastor in the world, no one is enjoying community to the extent that we should. Let me talk about myself. Because of my pastoral role, I do enjoy all these planned things that we do together, these calls, these game nights, gospel-centered community that we're doing together. But in terms of just building deep and personal individual friendships with people, I'm afraid of breaking those walls and letting people in. In the same breath, let me also say that some of the best times that I felt really loved in community was when my sin was uncovered, when I hurt people and they chose to say, hey, I'm not walking away from you. I'm not walking away from you. I'm going to be here and love you till you see transformation in that area. 
when we see people at their worst and say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here because Christ loved me that way. I'm going to be here and love you to transformation. This is how Christ dwells in us in the context of community. Have you experienced this kind of love so far? Have you shown this kind of love? I know it's a hard thing to do, but the Spirit empowers us. Spirit strengthens our heart. That is what Paul is praying. Even as I close, I'm hoping that we, when we see what God has provided for us to experience Him dwelling in us, will actually make us experience in real time, tangibly, what it means to have Christ dwell in our hearts. Let's look at the provision for us to experience Christ dwelling in our hearts. Paul prays in the last verse of the passage, he says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The provision for us to enjoy God dwelling in us is the fullness of God. Let's pause there. This is a very bold prayer. Being filled with the fullness of God, imagine that. God is not holding anything back. Absolute fullness of Him. I think one of the major reasons why we fail to experience God dwelling in us is because we have lost the wonder of what is provided for us. So today I'm here to give us a slight taste of what it actually is. Allow me to illustrate this with us and, and you need to work, you need to uh, participate with me in this imagination story. Imagine this with me. The biggest mall that we have in India, and it's, it's one of the biggest malls in India that's here in, in Bombay, is the Phoenix Mall in Lower Prail. It expands up to 33 lakh square feet and it's further divided into several sub-malls like Palladium, Grand Galeria, and I'm pretty sure if you're from Bombay, you, you shop there at least once. It's probably got everything that we can ask for. For groceries, it's got food hall. I mean, the first time I walked into food hall, I was like, if, if heaven is something like this, it's going to be awesome. It's, it's probably got the most exquisite vegetables, fruits, meat, uh, uh, gourmet cheese, gourmet chocolate bar. It's got the best bakery. It's got the best coffee. It's, got, it's, it's, it's amazing. When you look into that place, it's, perfect. it's close to perfection. It also hosts, the mall hosts some of the best restaurants in the country by some of the best chefs. The mall also holds hosts every brand of luxury clothing, footwear and accessories that you can ever dream of and you can ask for. And not just that, it's got some of the best automobile stores in there. It also hosts a premium multiplex and it also hosts a five-star luxury hotel. I'm going to make our dream come true, at least in this imagination. Imagine if someone said everything this mall has to offer, absolutely everything is paid for. Go and grab anything and everything you can. What is our heart feeling? Is there a sense of excitement? Is there a sense of wonder? Hearts racing? 
hold on to that sense of wonder as I pose the next question. Can we really do justice to this offer just by ourselves? Can we really grasp the width and the length and the height and the depth of this entire mall just by ourselves? No, we can only take so much. We are limited by two hands and two feet. We can really enjoy all this offer, everything that is on offer if we go in as a community with others. The more, the better. If this is how our hearts are filled with the sense of wonder with these material and, and destructible and earthly things which are here and gone tomorrow, guys, the fullness of an eternal, indestructible, omnipotent, omnipresent and omniscient God is available to dwell in us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Paul again in Colossians, he, he writes, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. For us to be able to enjoy the fullness of God, Jesus had to pay for it. In Jesus was the fullness of deity. So for us to enjoy the fullness of God, the fullness of God had to pay the price. We were totally undeserving to even, to even enjoy a glimpse or a touch from God. But Jesus, in whom the fullness of deity dwelt, out of his passion, out of his delight for us, he paid with it for his own price. And when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just a part of a deity that was sacrificed. It was the fullness of it given to you and me. That is why Paul is praying this bold prayer that we would be filled with nothing short of the fullness of God in the here and now. Not just in eternity, but in the here and now. Friends, let our hearts be gripped by this this morning. Only when we realize that the fullness of God was broken and given for us in Jesus will we be able to experience the fullness of God dwelling in us. We can't do this by ourselves. You, you and I can enjoy only so much. But together in a community that you're planted in, we can grasp the width and the length, the height and the depth of his love. We need community. We need the full church to be full, to fully enjoy the fullness of God dwelling in us. We need the full church to fully enjoy the fullness of God dwelling in us. If you're a follower of Jesus um, and, and you're not yet plugged into a community, his body of followers is a great way for us to experience God dwelling in us. And if you're from Bombay and you're looking for a community to plug into, why don't you hit us up on, through direct message and we'd love to have you. Folks at New City, how can we plug in deeper to experience the fullness of God dwelling in us? Do we have people, do we have people who can see our sin? Do we have people who who are open for us to see theirs? 
Do we have close friends in community who are willing to enjoy and grasp the love of Jesus together? These morning calls that we've been doing, reading the word, the, the, the beauty uh, was us being very vulnerable, sharing our brokenness in the light of what Jesus did for us. When each of us shared, we experienced tangibly the presence, the fullness of God. And then about 20 to 30 of us can be a testimony to that fact. Do we have friends for deeper community? How can we plug in deeper? If you're not a follower of Jesus, as, as humans, we have this innate desire for God to dwell in us. And various faiths across the world believe this to be true, that God dwells in us. But here, through Jesus, it is possible. Because, because logically speaking, a holy God dwelling in sinful human man is not possible. Because God by nature is holy, he can't tolerate sin. But since Jesus is the only God that died and was broken for our sin, when we believe in him, he comes to stay and make his dwelling in us. If you want to explore this Jesus more, would you get in touch with us? We'd be very happy to walk this journey with you. Allow me to pray even as I close. Holy Spirit, we want to experience the fullness of God dwelling in us. Jesus died to make this possible, Lord. Why, why won't you do it? This is your will. So help us participate. We want to experience you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the fullness of God given and broken for us. Thank you, Jesus for making this possible. Thank you for making your home in our hearts to love us into transformation. We worship you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.